американская фирма Transceptor Technology приступила к производству компьютеров «Персональный спутник». AM 1600 KVA, 93.7 FM, the web, the app, rockoftalk.com. I'm Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk. With me, Mr. Larry Barron's live here in, well, he's joining me live from his home. Like most of you, uh, where you would be, uh, you would be in your home. Larry Barron's, good afternoon, sir. How are you? I'm well. I'm mask-free here in my home, but so it's great to see you uh, mask-free at well. I hope everything's going well for you uh, there in the studio. It certainly is, and uh, I appreciate you joining us uh, every week and trying to inform us as to what's happening in this uh a depleted energy future uh, moving forward, and you were getting some national publicity. In fact, nice opinion piece picked up, uh, sir. Uh, kudos to you. Uh, DailyCaller.com. Kamala Harris takes the national spotlight, and it's lights out for California families. I started my yesterday, or I should say I started out my Tuesday show with uh, rolling blackouts, and that probably perked up your ears based upon what you were writing right here in your opinion piece. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it is something that will get zero attention, but it absolutely should. And, you know, I didn't know you, I listened to the show on Tuesday. I didn't know you were potentially dealing with rolling blackouts as well. I thought it was limited to California. I just thought it was, uh, you know, ironic doesn't even begin to cover it. Here you have the senator from California nominated to be vice president. The same week he takes the stage as her party's nominee. Literally millions of people, her own constituents, do not have any electricity because of the green agenda. The wind power could not keep up with demand as everyone told them what happened. They were warned last year, years ahead, and they just said it is going to reach a breaking point. And so now she is able to just go on a stage, I guess forget that she's from California, and just leave those constituents behind. You know, what's really fun is if you go back on Senator Harris's Twitter account, you'll find that she was really upset when the people of Puerto Rico uh, didn't have any power after a hurricane. She was so mad. She was so upset. But when it's in her own state, because of policies she supports, it's complete crickets from everyone on the left, from the media. She totally gets a pass on it. And then, you know, she just gets to have the national stage to herself, which includes our governor. The same week our governor wants to step up and did step up to win a wind award. I am not making that up. It is a real thing. Wind falls short, leaves millions without power in California, while so many of them were facing triple-digit temperatures. And so it it blew my mind that you were facing blackouts as well in your neck of the woods down there in Albuquerque. Up here in Rio Rancho, I haven't faced them yet, but my goodness, if I did, the, the heat would just be unbearable as it is for Anybody who is sick or elderly in California, it, it just blows my mind. Imagine if it was Mike Pence, uh, you know, and Indiana going without power. It would be front page everywhere. But no, since it's on the D side, the, the Democrat privilege is in full effect. Larry, I think it's, uh, you know, it shouldn't be lost upon us. that The public service company of the state of New Mexico literally answers to nobody. So it's not something I think that would be. Um, out of the realm of possibility. Uh, the P- Public Regulation Commission does uh, regulate and deal with that, but uh, P&M has carte blanche to run their business pretty much any way that they see fit, and we weren't getting any sort of notification whatsoever, and it's, I guess, because uh, P&M wasn't going to be impacting us. But if they wanted to go ahead and do this and send that wind and the energy out to California and say, well, we're going to go ahead and uh, 
you know, curtail uh, some of the uh, power here so that the people in California who are buying it from us and we can make more money, we can send it there. I don't think that that's out of the realm of possibility, sir. Well, you, you make a really good point. And let's just do the math real quick, which you've already done. If you are a resident in California, you're paying over 40% more for your electricity than the national average. If you're a small business owner like you, Eddie, you're paying nearly 70% more, that's 69% more than the national average for electricity. So you're right. If someone's doing the math and say, just on a regular day, I can sell to California at a much higher premium than I can here in New Mexico, why wouldn't I ship that energy to California and sell it there? And secondly, imagine while Californians are dealing with rolling blackouts, how much of a premium they would pay for that. And that was part of the calculus that happened in California was they were deciding, you know what, are we going to keep our grid balanced, which means, you know, having a, a good balance of electricity on it so that everyone is using the power as it becomes available, or are we going to a, have rolling blackouts. That's one way to keep balance is just to shut some people off. Or B, uh, pay a high premium, even higher than we already do for that electricity. The decision was made to go ahead and shut down the power for millions of Californians. And these are the types of decisions that this is, you know, supposedly the most advanced country in the world, in the most advanced state in that country. They cannot keep the lights on when it reaches 100 degrees. Why? Because they've shut down natural gas, because they've shut down nuclear, because they've shut down all types of reliable energy that has brought us affordable, reliable energy for decades in the name of the green movement. And I guarantee you, this was brought up on social media, and I think it's absolutely right, folks in Hollywood didn't have to worry about their power getting shut off. Folks in San Francisco probably didn't have to worry about their power getting shut off. It was the working class of California that suffers First, and they're living in the hottest part of the state where they need that power the most to stay cool, and they were unable to get it. But it's okay. Their senator's going to, you know, run for vice president now, so she really doesn't need to worry about any of that anymore, I guess. So I think it's important to understand, too, that the weather, the climate is incredibly hot. Uh, Death Valley has a 130 degree record temperature. Uh, they hadn't seen that uh, type of record uh, temperature since New Mexico had become a state, uh, believe it or not. Um, but California is seeing these rolling blackouts, and they're planned. These blackouts are ordered, and uh, that's a kind of an interesting kind of perspective from a government to say that they we're going to, and how much that could impact hospitals and other people who need power. It's absolutely essential, according to the CEO and president of Cal ISO, which, by the way, is an independent system operator, whatever that means. They said this abnormally high heat is leading into that. How much of that is actually causing these blackouts from your perspective and maybe not the uh, green new energy policies that California has um, been adopting for the last couple of decades? Zero. Zero percent. The, it, it gets hot in the summer. That is not any, you know, that should come as a surprise to absolutely no one, except I guess the people pushing the green agenda. They, if Even the New York Times admitted on this, Eddie, that part of the reason that they couldn't keep up with the demand was because the wind stopped blowing. They did not get as much wind power as they thought they were going to get. They can do the math. They can look at historical usage. They can look at the temperature. They know that in the middle of August, when the temperature reaches this much, we usually need this much power because everyone is going to be needing it to stay cool. And here's part of the equation as well. People wanted to stay cool even in the evenings after the sun went down. It was so hot. Well, what happened after the sun goes down, your solar power 
becomes useless. They don't have the battery capacity to keep delivering the power, and that was another equation. It was literally like they've been told for years. You need power when the wind doesn't blow. You need power when the sun doesn't shine. And you need facilities to be able to cover for that. California decided they knew better that they were going to be so green, we're going to shut down facilities that normally provide this power, and we're just going to hope for the best. I guarantee you the governor's residence stayed cool during this. And that's what gets, uh, uh, and if I sound infuriated, it's because I am. The people who made the decisions are not suffering the consequences. It is the working class families in California who are already struggling to pay their electric bill, who they just decided to shut off the power because they feel that, you know, the powers that be feel they don't have the same voice as folks in Hollywood, as folks in maybe downtown San Diego. And it is, you know, they get forced into these abhorrent decisions, and it is millions of Californians, millions that were affected by this. And at the same time, their senator has not said a word about it. Our governor, who supports that ticket, has just only stepped up to accept a wind award at the same time wind is failing California. Let me ask you a couple of questions in terms of proportionality and percentages. But it's stated that California has 33% of all its energy that is coming from renewables. 33% of California's electricity comes from renewable sources as mandated by state law. That is probably the highest, I would imagine, Larry, in the entire country. By contrast, New Mexico, and I'm not even sure if this is accurate or if this is bragging about nothing, 19% of New Mexico's electricity comes from wind turbines, electricity generation. Is, is that true? We have 1,100 wind turbines, and uh, a lot of our energy is coming from there. Help us uh, uh, sort of figure out uh, where we're at here in New Mexico and as mandated by state law in California and how that contributed to the blackouts. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a twofold uh, process in both states. In California, those percentages sound right. California is further down the renewable portfolio standard, like the Energy Transition Act we have here in New Mexico. They're further down the road on that. But what they've decided to do is what New Mexico has decided to do is just say, hey, you know what? We're not going to use these sources that we know are reliable to be there when the wind doesn't blow and the sun doesn't shine. We're going to just cut those off. We're just not going to use them because we just feel that bad about it. And so that you see the results of what's going to happen. New Mexico has not got to that point yet they, where they have shut down those resources that can back it up. And so we're able to just feel good right now about that number and to be able to use those sources to supplement it when we need more electricity. But the fact of the matter is that's only for a certain amount of time. The San Juan Generating Station, as we sit here today, is slated to close in, I, I believe, yeah, less than two years. Wow. That provides enormous amount of energy for New Mexico. And so they're going to rush to build all these quote-unquote renewable facilities in order to compensate for that energy, but they can't. It, it, it doesn't work. It's intermittent energy. And oh, by the way, they're doing it at the same time. They're going to tell you your electric bill is going to stay the same. They're going to build all this new infrastructure, but somehow your electric bill is not going to go up. It is a lie that Californians know. You know, I, I've heard on social media from more Californians this week mm -hmm. than I ever have before saying, yes, I fled that state because of this. My parents are still there. I wish they could get wow. out too. Wow. They have left already. So and, this is you know, one of the main reasons, Larry. That. This is one of the main reasons what? people are leaving is because of the energy policies because they have to, and I, it's not just the, the fact that it's ruling blackouts, but I imagine the cost, I don't know what it costs to air condition a standard home in California, 2,500 square feet, 
but I imagine it's wow. significantly more than what it is throughout the rest of the country. Well, I mean, just imagine, you know, like they've taken a look at those residential bills. I want to say it's about 46% more. A residential wow. customer is paying 46% more than the national average. Imagine paying that premium and not getting your power when you want it the most. Insane. It the most. Yeah. It is absolutely insane. <laughs> it's really something. Um, why not nuclear energy? An, an interesting article written up uh, by Ronald Bailey uh, this uh, past Wednesday. Yeah, the, uh, Wednesday about California blackouts, that it's not just the heat, it's also the anti-nuclear power stupidity that's going on because the activists are opposing a huge source of reliable, climate-friendly electricity. I mean, there's a war on any type of power with the exception of solar and wind, it seems, by the left. Absolutely. They say it's all about greenhouse gases until you find a source of power that doesn't impact greenhouse gases, and then they throw up a bunch of obstacles to that as well and try to use fear-mongering to do it. Listen, at Power of the Future, we have advocated for all forms of energy. We just advocate that the market and the customers choose, not government telling you what to do. And so this is what happens when it gets energy gets politicized. We go to these sources from those who have access to their politicians uh, in San Francisco and New York. And those who have access are pushing the solar and wind that is intermittent, unreliable, and as we see in California, California leaves you when you need it the most, and, and, and let's just throw a, you know, a side note on this. Imagine it was winter, and we needed heat, and they couldn't provide the wind or the solar. It doesn't make any sense to rely on these things that, by their nature, are intermittent. And so when we look at you know, these states that have gone a little further down the road, we see what is happening to them, and at such a time, you know, when I, and I say such a time because we're dealing with a national election now. The senator from California has advocated for these policies. Her own state is now suffering because of these policies, and yet she, they, you know, they're going right. to ask Americans to give her promotion to the vice presidency. Yeah, uh, absolutely right. We're speaking to Larry Barron's Power of the Future, powerofthefuture.com. He, of course, is referring to uh, Kamala Harris. Uh, very interesting. And uh, let's get to some of the write-ups from this week, featured only at powerofthefuture.com. Uh, the Biden-Harris energy plan, destroying thousands of jobs in New Mexico, costing billions of jobs and lost revenue. Came across an interesting graphic I posted on my Facebook page. But did you know that the largest uh, revenue, um, or excuse me, the largest uh, uh, source that's cultivated here uh, for energy is coal? Coal, that's actually number one. And we're just, yeah. we've killed off all those jobs with the Energy Transition Act. Who, who knew that that's the way that... Uh, we would choose to do ourselves in, not just uh, on oil and gas because of the markets, but also because of coal. Absolutely. And if you go to your environmentalists, they'll tell you, oh, well, that's just the market. The market's telling you to do that. No, here's what they do. They throw up regulation after regulation after regulation, and then they make the cost of business go so high that the, someone has to go out of business, kind of like you know we're seeing with COVID all across the state. You make the cost of business go so high that they just can't operate. Uh, you know, it's very similar to a restaurant saying, hey, I know you only have indoor and I know you don't have any outdoor space, but you know what? You're just going to have to operate outdoor for a while. What's going to happen? Well, they're going to close down. It's the same thing with coal. If you throw these regulations on them to where they can't operate in the way that they need to do so, then they just go out of business. We lose jobs. We lose that energy. And environmentalists pat themselves on the back. I mean, you and I talked about it last winter. We're going to talk about this winter. I mean, just um, wrap your head around this. Yeah. Last winter, we had Native American elders in Arizona and New Mexico 
burning their clothes to stay warm Insane. because the environmentalists had shut down a coal mine. Now we have Californians, sick and elderly Californians, not being able to let their air conditioner work because the solar and the wind is not working. Imagine if it were one party, you know, the other party that was responsible for this. People would be screaming. But it just gets shoved under the rug. No one wants to talk about it. No one wants to highlight the real consequences of what happens here. And I can tell you right now, I've been up to the coal mine that feeds the San Juan Generating Station that P&M is very eager to shut down, by the way. Those miners are some of the most incredible people you'll ever meet. Some of them are third, fourth generation coal miners. I met one that came from West Virginia to come coal mine in New Mexico. They love their work. They're proud of their work, and they know that their work makes a difference. Because of their work, you and I are talking right now, and right. we're staying cool while we do it. Because and of their the radio station is operating as well. Yeah, and, and everything that powers your way of life is working because they show up to the job every single day. By the way, they deliver power on Christmas. You know, while, you're, while we're all opening our Christmas presents and the environmental left is probably throwing cocktail parties, they're down there in the coal mine doing the work to make it all possible, and they get demonized. They get thrown down and trampled underfoot. They are some of the best workers in New Mexico, just like our oil and natural gas workers. They deserve our respect and our gratitude, and they definitely don't deserve to hear it from environmentalists that are being funded out of San Francisco and New York who will never, ever, ever feet their shoes, much less a mile. Uh, the most uh, produced, uh, as I said, coal, 41.02% of all United States or of New Mexico energy is produced in the state of New Mexico. Number one in Texas is natural gas at 50.22%. And uh, number one in, let's say, California is the same, also natural gas. Uh, hydroelectric, uh, number one in, in both uh, Washington State and Oregon and Idaho, as well as South Dakota. But you're looking, uh, by and large, it's coal. Coal for Colorado, coal for Wyoming, coal for Wisconsin, for Michigan, for Indiana, for Ohio, for Kentucky. All of these states are all focused on producing coal. If this whole entire thing takes over the country and decides to, the Energy Transition Act, the Green New Deal, this will just destroy energy for the future. You're absolutely right. And let's be honest. I mean, we talked about it. Environmentalists pat themselves on the back. On the back, they put a coal worker uh, either in a mine or a coal plant out of a job. They're just they're, they're so proud of themselves and they're so pleased. Well, what have they done? What they've done is they've essentially outsourced that coal. They've outsourced it to China. And what do I mean by that? Their solar panels are made by coal-fired plants in China. Their windmills are made by coal-fired plants in China. And so what they've done is they put an American family out of work, an American company out of business. They've destroyed revenue in a community and a state, all to send that resource to China so that we have the privilege of buying solar panels from them. Do you really think that that country is abiding by the same environmental standards we do here in the United States? The answer is a resounding no. That's before I even get into the national security and the human rights abuses coming out of China. But they want to have our power dependent upon another country, and yet they are more than willing to put, and that's bad enough, but they're more than willing to put their neighbor out of a job in order to do it. And let's just be upfront. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have said, you know what, we're going to support a ban on fracking. Every New Mexico leader who has endorsed them 
is now default in favor of a ban on fracking. When you look at the uh, profile overview of the energy uh, production and you look at electricity and where it comes from, Larry, it's very interesting how New Mexico allocates its energy. And you, we mentioned 41%. The annual crude oil production uh, has doubled, by the way, between 2013 and 2018. That's the second highest. Natural gas is uh, uh, pretty large. I mean, when you look at New Mexico energy consumption as well, uh, natural gas and coal, again, are the top two. When you look at uh, things like uh, renewable energy sources, it's nominal in terms of our consumption of any of that. Yet they want to you know, modify our society so that we're consuming this type of, of production all the time. I don't think that even if they want to get there and they had all the power that will ever get there or that will get there, even a hydroelectric power, because we're not near the sea, we don't consume any. Nuclear electric power, we don't consume any. You know, any other type of biomass, we don't consume any of this type of power here in the state of New Mexico. How do you get us there in 20 to 25 years and try to put on your uh, Michelle Lujan Grisham thinking cap for a moment well no you just uh it, it is i mean it, it, if you ever saw that old meme from south park where they just said one idea two question mark three profits that is new mexico's plan right now one put all of our traditional energy sources out of business two go to natural resources three magically it works and that's just not how it's going to be and and california is finding that out right now and your use of the word nominal is exactly right what we have here is a nominal result and, and and let me just tell you how nominal it is in new mexico they are building a brand new wind farm this wind farm is i want to say east or excuse me yes east of albuquerque and they're it's going to be the east, size south, of elephant south, butte. south elephant. southeast right uh, we're hitting yes southeast. i believe so southeast. yeah southeast and it's going to be the size of Elephant Butte. It's going to produce about a third of the power from the San Juan Generating Station, which is contained within a square mile. It is mind-boggling. And so they take up this massive amount of space for exactly what you're talking about, nominal energy. And you know what? Last I checked, San Juan Generating Station works when the wind stops blowing. It works on a cloudy day. We can't say the same for these massive spaces we're taking up for quote unquote renewable energy and and it just doesn't provide, it doesn't deliver the results. And this is the math that we have tried to tell the eco left for years and years. And either they are really bad at math themselves or they are lying to New Mexicans. You make the decision on what it is. Either they don't know what it is or they are lying because this does not work. Let me put this more in perspective and more to the point of exactly why Larry's saying it's not going to work. Trying to get there in 20, 25 years, uh, you know, non-residual uh, production of power, which would include basically eliminating all other powers with the exception of renewable energy, like we said, solar, um, wind. This is in trillions, folks, okay? So I'm just going to kind of dumb it down to just the thousands. We produce 1,000 trillion uh, uh, energy production for crude oil. 1,500 natural uh, nat natural gas, excuse me, trillion. 1,500 trillion. So that's 2,500 trillion. When you look at coal, that's another 250 trillion BTUs that's coming out of coal. That's 2.75, 2,750 trillion BTUs coming out. 
in all of the renewable energy coming out of the produced areas in the state of New Mexico, it's not even 10 trillion BTU. I mean, that that's an unbelievable uh, multiplier. And that will tell you exactly why we will never get to the part where we're going to be 100% renewable. Like, this is a fool's chase at this point, Larry. And that I, that's just the final point I'll make with regard to, you know, just how in, in, incredible uh, and how unattainable it is to get to this point. I, this is just a dumb thing for the state of New Mexico to even start on. We don't need to be eliminating other pieces of energy in order to uh, bring in all renewable energy. Absolutely. And this is what we get from the EcoLeft all the time. Well, it's the market choosing it. And this is the way, this is the way everyone's going. Why can't we do it? Well, here's my question. And the question I would ask to anyone, if your solution is so effective why are you using the power of government to force us to buy it? Right. Why do you need the Constitution Act to force us? You know, it, it, it is. You and I have talked about it. It's, it's you know, if you have a, a, a McDonald's and a Burger King to each other and someone's saying, well, you know, you can do what you want, but I'm going to force you to buy the Whopper, then that's not really a, a competitor. What it is, it's someone forcing you to choose something, and that's what we have with our energy. We are being forced down this path because they think it will be better for the environment, which it's been proven it won't be. But they're going to go down the path anyway. And, and here's something that just does not get discussed. As the governor accepts an award from the wind lobby this week, right. how much money has the wind lobby donated to her campaign? Again, when it how is much? a Republican, when it is an oil company making the donation, it's all they can talk about. When it is their own money, they are quiet as a mouse. The hypocrisy, uh, we need a Richter scale to measure it. So, Larry, uh, the award comes from a group that has tried to identify itself as you guys are, powering the future, power the future. And they're saying powering New Mexico. This win award comes from a Washington, D.C.-based group that's named after the state of New Mexico. Uh, very interesting. Um, they're not here locally, though. You are. That, that's right. I'm from here. My kids go to the school here back when we used to go to school. And they, you know, we... I have grown up here. I live with the consequences of the decisions made out of Santa Fe. Someone who says they are powering New Mexico, and if you want to get in touch with us, here's a K Street address in Washington, D.C., doesn't deal with the consequences of what is happening here in our state. They get to send out flyers to their donors and tell everyone what a good job they've done in New Mexico. Here's a nice uh, Shutterstock picture of a windmill, and just life is great, and keep the checks coming in. Meanwhile... We have to look the people without a job in the eye. We have to wonder what's going to be next for their family, for their children, and for our communities as a whole. They do not care. It is something that is beyond prevalent here in New Mexico. The amount of money that comes in from out of state, from environmental groups, is staggering. And I would argue, and I haven't had anyone prove me any different, the money they donate to campaigns in New Mexico is even more than the money they contribute to the state coffers. Wow. They, go after the big they, oil, they spend right? more in contributions to politicians yep. than they actually produce in tax revenue uh, for the state of New Mexico. Like, I think that is the stat that we should go ahead and, and talk about every single week. If we talked about that stat, then, like, it, here's all the contributions to all the Democrat politicians, and you're going to turn around and tell me they're not even bringing that from their industry into the state, they should not be. They shouldn't even be at the table. 
And that's exactly right. And, and let's, you know, sorry, I'm not going to try to make everyone's head explode, but it will make your head explode. They are also funding a campaign to not have to pay taxes. So they already get tax credits and subsidies. You see those ads on Facebook. I see them. I know everyone else sees them about go solar. It's, it's so affordable. That's because there's a $50 million subsidy on it in New Mexico. The taxpayers of New Mexico are losing $50 million so that people who own their homes can have solar panels on them. That's where that money comes from. Again, it's so affordable, we have to subsidize it. If they had to pay the real price for it, it would absolutely not be the choice for so many New Mexicans. Mexicans. But Santa Fe kicks in a little of our money, of taxpayer money, to make it happen. And so when you count then the tax credits that go on top of it, they are in the red for our state. But they get so much attention and so much love because, once again, out-of-state people are making the money. So incredibly frustrating, uh, Larry. Thank you for keeping this fight going, and uh, thank you for bringing out uh, this information um, in moratorium, there were 230 jobs that were lost this week, Larry, uh, all while she was collecting her wind award. And uh, she's a lot of hot air, as you saw there on Wednesday night. Um, this is kind of incredible that she takes this award on the very same week that these 230 jobs that were lost. Absolutely. That was an oil refinery. New Mexico had two. This was one of them. It was near Gallup. It is shut down. And that was over 230 New Mexicans that now have to find a job. Again, the Eagle Left pats themselves on the back. They are nowhere. Uh, it's radio. I can't curse. They are nowhere to be found when it comes time to help these families who are now wondering how they're going to pay their mortgage, how they're going to pay their electric bill. The Eagle Left groups who cheer and fight and lobby and donate money to campaigns to make this happen are nowhere to be found when people need to stay cool in the summer when they need to stay warm in the winter, and when they need a job. It is despicable what they do to New Mexico, and they get away with it because they have allies in Santa Fe who turned a blind eye, but New Mexicans aren't turning a blind eye. They know that the snake oil picture that is being painted from Santa Fe on a lot of levels is not reality, and I hope they pay attention as it comes time to determine who they're going to support. Uh, Larry, thank you so much for being here. As always, we appreciate you contributing to our show as well uh, on The Rock of Taka each and every week. How can people reach out to you directly and uh, become a part of uh, Power of the Future? Just go to our website, powerthefuture.com, all one word, smushed together. That's where you can see our latest work. That's where you can reach out and contact me. And uh, that's where, you know, you can tell me how weird I look today. And so if nothing else, you can just share that with everyone. There he is, Powering the Future, Larry Barons. Thank you so much for being here. Back same time, same place next week here in the Kiva on AM1600 KIVA, 93.7 FM. The web, the app, rockoftalk.com. Stay tuned. More great talk when we return. Stefan Helgeson is up next with Project Pushback. If this thing caught right, feel like a double round double on a heavenly level. Bang the brakes, turn up the double. Back on my day and night all the time.